0: So, here's the question I have for you. Anybody who did talk about the season, how does it impact you? How does the change in season impact you? Everybody's happier over here, they say. Is that true? Is everybody happier when the sun comes out? Okay, let's be honest here. Is there anybody who prefers the rain? Okay, I see. I know there's always a few of you in the room. But Okay. Even those of who, you who prefer the rain, do you like it when the day is light for longer? Yes. Even if you like the rain, you still like the longer light. Okay. Yeah. What else? How else does a change in season impact you? School's out. School's out. So that is a whole different routine. Yep. What else? How else does a change in season impact you? Giant pollen clouds. Giant pollen clouds. I'm with you, girl. The allergies. Fresh fruit and berries versus the pollen cloud. Yeah. Uh, Rhonda and I both live out about a country three blocks from each other. And uh, there are days that I just stay inside. If you can look out and see the pollen swirling over the field, just stay inside. It's sad because it's a beautiful day. I'd rather go out, but there are just days that I can't. What else? How does the changing season impact? Karen? Less laundry. Less laundry. Ah, yeah, because you don't have to wear so many layers. Absolutely. For me, though, it's a little bit more laundry because my teenage sons pick berries and my husband's a farmer and every night's clothes are covered in berry stains. Now, they will wear them three or four or five days in a row, uh, but it it does create a little bit more laundry. Uh, So some less, some more. What else? How else does the changing season impact? Beauty, yeah, the flowers. Yep. School is ending. School is ending. Yep. Gardening. Gardening. You like being out in the garden. Okay. How many of you love a pretty garden but don't love being out there doing the work to make it happen? <laughs> I have such good intentions every year. I wanted to make a bigger flower bed a couple years ago and, and my husband kind of lovingly said, That's a great idea, but maybe we should take care of the one we have before we create another one. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So here are a few of the things that change around here. That was my really cool segue into announcements um, in case you missed it. First of all, as I mentioned, this is our last gathering of the year. We take a break for June, July, and August. Watch your... Announcements, your Salem Alliance app, uh, emails coming from the church about our fall kickoff stuff. So just a heads up, we will have a fall kickoff event. It's not really the gathering. We don't have childcare set up yet, but it's for all of women's ministries to kind of launch the year and make sure you've got the dates that you need for what's happening for the year. That usually happens um, mid-September. So watch for that date. Our first gathering will be the first Wednesday in October. So October 2nd. If you're in Hearts at Home and coming back to Hearts at Home, you guys start the week before that so that you can launch and meet your groups and do all of that. So be watching for all of that. And then if you want to save the date and get it on your calendar, our fall retreat for women's uh, retreat will be October 25th through the 27th. So there's some dates coming up. You don't have to remember them right now unless you love to get them in your phone and remember, okay? But you'll get updates about that as we go on. The other thing that this is the reason I'm waving this book around is because we have a summer Bible study. So while everything kinda comes to an end of our regular year programming routines, women's ministry has a six week Wednesday night Bible study. This year we're doing Lisa Turkhurst's book called Finding I Am, and it's studying the I am statements of Jesus. When he said, I am this, or I am that, I am the way, the truth, and the life, it's studying those I am statements. So if you are interested in extending some Bible study, uh, I'm sorry we don't have child care for this one it is on Wednesday nights it'll be in this room starting in um, two weeks from last night so if you haven't registered for that registration is open online for about one more week we need to close it so we can get all of our groups set so finding I am is happening great way to just kind of continue getting together with women a little bit longer into the summer before we take that break so let's pause and say a prayer Father, you are good, and as seasons change and routines change, um, we need you in different ways. And so, Lord, we just pray today that you would be present with us, and we pray that, that you would also be present with us as we move into the coming weeks and months of just different routine for many of our families. In your name, Lord, we pray. Amen. So, as I was considering this final gathering and thinking about what we wanted to talk about, you know, we've been we've had this kind of loose theme over the course of the year of bridges. Um, How do we bridge the gap of certain areas in our lives? Um, And what does that look like as Christ followers and as women and as a community of believers? And so I was thinking about this change in routine, that, that routine is helpful and valuable for us. And it gives us something that we know what to expect, right? And then all of a sudden we come to this place where outside of our control, the the church, the place where we kind of have our community and our spiritual connections, just kind of cancels everything for four months and says, great, go do your thing. And and the place where you've had community and the thing that's kind of held you accountable to be in God's word and do a little bit of studying or come together for worship and teaching is all changing its routines. And so I was thinking about bridging that gap and those places where... um, where things change and, and we have different expectations for a few months. And then that got me thinking about not just the summer and women's ministry and our small groups and our gathering, but about life. And when our routines are kind of side swiped or when we come up to this uh, changing season where the routines change and those places where we're walking in the unknown where what is next is not clear to us yet. And and it's just, it's this unknown. And there's a whole spectrum of what this could look like from the little things of, I don't know what kind of mood my children are going to wake up in today. (laughs) And that is is an unknown that impacts every day to the very, very big, I don't know what my health diagnosis is going to be and what that's going to mean for my future. And then when that's hanging over me, that's a really big unknown. So from the little to the big, it's kind of this picture in my head is the, you're walking down a path and it turns a corner and, and you don't know what's around the corner. That's an unknown. The other unknown is you're out hiking and you come to the edge of a precipice and you're supposed to be over there, but there's this really deep chasm in between. And that's the really big unknown, right? And these unknowns impact us. And so what we want to talk about this morning is how do we walk In the midst of the unknown, when our routines are changed, when our season of life has changed, when something major has shifted, and we have this, what's in front of us isn't something that we know how to walk. Whether whether it's because we've we can see what's happening, but we've never done it before, and so we're learning how to walk this, or we really can't see what's happening, and we don't know what the next step is going to be, and we still have to get up that morning, put our pants on one leg at a time, and figure out what we're supposed to do that day. How do we walk in the unknown? So as we dive into that, I want to kind of treat this room as a, as a large group table talk. So if you want to share, make sure that you speak really loud because this is a hard room to hear each other in. Uh, But what I'd love to hear are what are some unknowns that you have either experienced in the past or that you are experiencing now that kind of fit this description of needing to walk in something you're not sure how to walk in. So what are some unknowns in your life? Health. Health. yeah yeah. When, when what you've been able to do changes and your capacity changes and your health changes that's a really big unknown where's this where's the slide going to stop <laughs> yeah thank you <laughs> today where's it going to stop today <laughs> yeah thank you Sharon someone else aging parents never done it before and, and it's an unknown how do you walk that I'm guessing that some of those questions, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Done, but, but what are the resources? What's my responsibility? How do I make this happen? What's, you know, will finances hold out? I know that my parents have walked that with their parents and yeah. Okay. What else? Yeah. Military life. Military life. Somebody else is in control. Yeah. And there's just an unknown of, yeah. Thank you. What else? Having adult children. Having adult children. If you couldn't hear her, she said, having an adult, child, adult children is kind of an oxymoron. <laughs> uh-huh. And how do you walk that? I'm just entering that, and it is, it is different than anything I've had to do before. Yeah. Yes? Uh, birth plans for pregnant moms. Birth plans for pregnant moms. That is a huge unknown. Every, even if you've had a child before, everyone is different? Yeah. Yeah. Yes? sleep. Am I going to get any? (laughs) Yeah. And how will I function if I don't get any? Right? Yes. High High school graduation. Never done that one before. Doing that this year. Barely ordered the tassel on time, you guys. My son almost walked without a tassel borrowing the cap and gown, oh man. Somebody wanted to make an appointment with me and it's the week of graduation. And I said, I will make an appointment, but you have to leave it open for me to cancel because I have no idea what I'm supposed to be at that week. Uh, I can't quite keep up. I had to email the school counselor to find out about the tassel. And I just had to confess my absolute failure to pay any attention to anything else that she'd sent all year uh, (laughs) to find out how to get that tassel in time. Right, all those things—it's—it's it's the unknown. It's a huge chasm, you guys. And college—some people already decided. Mine hasn't. Whoo, Nelly. Okay, what else? What are the unknowns? Sorry. Infertility. Infertility. Every single month. Yeah, really hard one. Moving to a new place. Moving to a new place new church, new friends. Uh, there was a woman here last night who has sold her house but hasn't found a place to buy yet. Or they have a place but it just keeps not closing on time. Where am I going to live next? Yeah. Yeah, yes. I think adding another child to the mix, like the Yeah. Or, uh, adding another child to the mix, a huge unknown. You want to hear something really funny? When I was pregnant with my third, I had two boys. I was pregnant with my third and I said... And I quote, you know what? This is just a third child. They're just going to have to acclimate to our family, go where we go, do what we do. They're going to have to be really flexible because we already have our plans in place. Yeah, you want to know how well that worked out? (laughs) She was born with health issues and we all came to a screeching halt and revolved around her. Unfortunately, she's 12 and still think we revolve around her. (laughs) And somewhere along the parenting line, I have completely failed. Oh, man. Yeah. Right. That is a lifelong unknown, isn't it, Hannah? Yes. Yeah. If you couldn't hear her, to know that her special needs child will always have their needs met along the way. Yeah. Yes. A pregnancy, after a loss. pregnancy after a loss. Big chasm of unknown. Yep. Yeah. Kids starting school. You guys, life transitions are all these unknowns. There's just no way to know how it's going to impact you, them. Will it it change their personality? Will they be exhausted at the end of the day? Yeah. Owning your own business. Owning your own business. Massive leap of faith off of the cliff, isn't it? You guys, when I used to work at Canyon View Camp, there was this uh, silly little song that we sang called "The Squeegee Hunt," and. On the squeegee hunt, you come to these different, it's kind of like a bear hunt if you used to go to canyon. You come to a river and you come to a this and you come to a that and you got to find your way through. And with a squeegee hunt, you have to hunt a squeegee with your tongue tucked in your bottom lip because they, they would run away if they heard you. So you have to disguise your voice. So there's this one verse of this squeegee hunt that says, coming to a ravine. A ravine is a very, very, very deep ditch. And there's no bridge, and there's no vine. They cross the river with a the vine. There's no vine gonna have to jump. And as I've been thinking about this morning, talking about the unknown, I'm kind of like, there's no bridge. <laughs> and there's no vine. And quite frankly, it's too big of a gap to jump, <laughs> right? So when we have these places of unknown in our life, what do they bring out in us? What rises to the surface in us with the unknown? Yeah, Mel. Perseverance. Perseverance. What else? Being strong. Being strong. Okay. Excitement. Excitement. Fear. Fear. Anxiety. Anxiety. What was that? Sadness. Sadness. Courage. Courage. Hope. Hope. Control. Faith. Uh, A woman last night said micromanaging. (laughs) That's that control piece, isn't it? If I don't know how this is going to work, I'm going to get everything that I possibly can going the way that I know how to make it, right? Yeah. It, It brings a lot out of us. And so the question becomes, how do we walk? How do we walk in faith or courage or hope or strength when fear and anxiety and stress and sadness are rising because of a change or a transition or just something came out of the blue and knocked you sideways and now everything is unknown? When our routines change, see, when we have routine, we get up in the morning and we know what that day expects of us. And the truth is, when a massive life thing changes, we still get up in the morning and we know what that day expects of us. I need to feed myself and I need to feed the people dependent on me. If we're lucky, I need to get a shower and I need to do the things that are on today's list. But in the back of our head is this looming, I don't know how tomorrow works. I don't know what decisions I need to make today. What are the things that need to happen now And I can't know that because there's this big unknown in front of me. So how do we walk in the face of the unknown? The um, scripture that I've been diving into preparing for this is one that is not new to many of us, but I think it's profound. We're going to start in Proverbs uh, chapter three, verse five. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. If you've grown up in the church, you've heard this one. Trust the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, right? That's how we memorized it when we were kids. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. But listen to the next verse that's beyond what we usually memorize as children. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom, (laughs) Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Friends, I think one of the keys to this walking in the unknown is grasping that our understanding is overrated, our wisdom, ability to see what's coming and plan for it is highly overrated. When we walk with a God who knows the past and he knows the future and he's given us the Holy Spirit and he's willing to be known and he's willing to speak to us and we can walk daily with him. Hear me, I'm not belittling the fact that we are all created with a natural default to need to understand and to want to know But our understanding and our knowing and our wisdom is overrated in the big scheme of things and whether or not life's gonna work out okay, whether or not we're gonna be okay, whether or not the people we love are gonna be okay. I'm walking in the reality right now. I mentioned my college-age son about, and forgive me if I said this in April. It's a a story that was super impactful to me. So if you've heard it already, forgive me. Um, Early March... Uh, My senior son, his name's Josiah, uh, their team qualified for the state basketball tournament, which if you don't follow sports, is just a really big deal. Out of all the high schools in Oregon that are 5A, eight of them qualify for a tournament in Corvallis. And when they qualify for that tournament, they get on a bus, they go down with their team, they stay the whole week in a hotel, and they're in a double elimination tournament that determines who's going to be the state champion. They're ranked number three in the state. They have really high possibility of winning this thing. Josiah has been into basketball all of his life. And on Monday morning of the week of the state tournament, he wakes up in excruciating pain. And I'm praying and I'm begging God to heal him. And then I'm praying and I'm demanding that God healed him. And then I'm praying and it dawns on me that I don't get to control this that my 17, almost 18-year-old son is going to live this week and that whatever comes of this week is going to be his life experience and I don't get to control it, I don't get to protect him and I don't get to direct it. That is an excruciating letting go. And yet, my understanding is overrated. (laughs) To finish the story, his doctor approved double dose of ibuprofen all week and he did just fine. (laughs) We walk through these seasons when there's this dawning awareness of things are changing and my approach to them has to change. And what does it look like to trust in the Lord with all your heart? See, that's fine for me to read. But when you wake up on Friday morning at your house, how do you do that? How do you, you guys, so many mornings, my reality is that I wake up and my very first dawning awareness is anxiety. I'm not even all the way awake yet. And whether it's a pain in my stomach, a quickness in my chest, or just a dread in my head, the first awareness that I have is anxiety. And it's not about anything specific. It's my Achilles heel. It's that I have to wake up and pray and say, dear Jesus, this day is yours. If I had to be honest, I suspect that that anxiety is a fear that I will do the wrong thing with that day. That somehow I won't do the things that are mine to do that day. And God and I are dealing with that fear. I don't know what fear you wake up with or if you wake up feeling great and worshipful every day. But for me, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding come straight in my face every morning before I'm even out of bed. And how do we do that? And I think part of the answer is found in verse six because it says, seek his will in all you do. I actually really like the word acknowledge him in all you do because I feel like For us Western American Christians, seek his will sometimes translates to find the right thing to do. Figure out how to fix this. Uh, Be sure that you know exactly what God wants so that you don't make a mistake. And maybe that's just me, but I have all that tied up in this seek his will. Seek his will means find the one thing that is supposed to be right in this. And I think sometimes it's more mysterious than that. And so the translation that says acknowledge him and I start to think what are the various ways that we acknowledge God that draw our focus to him? You know Hebrews 12 says it, um, keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. I think that's acknowledging him. It's bringing our gaze to him and bringing our focus back to him as often as we realize that our focus has gotten off of him and onto our fears or the unknown or the anxiety, Right? And so I was digging into this word acknowledge him, and I looked up the Hebrew, and the Hebrew is yada, and I was really hoping to come up with an acronym, like how do we walk in the unknown, the Y, the A, the D, the A, it was way too cutesy for me, I couldn't figure it out, so if you come up with an acronym, that's great, I don't have one, but diving into this word was fascinating, because the word is actually to know, so trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding, how do you do that, to know God, to know God. And if you look at the other places where yada is the word in the Old Testament, it is the word used when he said, don't eat of this tree or you will know good and evil like we do. Friends, how many of us wish that we didn't know at the core of our being good and evil? Wouldn't it be beautiful to be able to live how God created us to live, which was leaving good and evil to him and being able to just walk in the freedom of no shame? (laughs) to know. It's also the word that when they did eat that fruit and it said they knew that they were naked and they were ashamed. That's the knowing. It's this deep internal gut sense of something is wrong here. It's knowing. It's the same word that's used when it says Adam knew Eve and they conceived their first son. It's an intimate knowing. So what does it look like for us to yada God? To know God, because it is the key to knowing how to walk in the midst of the unknown. This knowing of God is what God gives us. Trust in me. How are you going to do that? Know me. I'm fascinated by the early part of this passage, too. If we look at uh, Proverbs 3, verse 1. My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years, and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Two times. Store my commands where? In your heart. And write my commands where? In your heart. Friends, I think as we have a... Perhaps a tendency to think that knowing God means being a student of his word. And that is absolutely true. Where do we start when we want to know who God is? We start by studying his word. But the issue of studying his word or memorizing his word is that we've got it here in our head. We intellectually are learning more about it. We're gaining more information. We're memorizing it so that we can say it again. But is it making it from our head to our heart? Are we actually knowing God by storing his word in our heart Or are we knowing God by becoming smarter about him? Because one is knowing about God and the other is knowing God. And while knowing about God can be helpful as we stand on the edge of the chasm of the precipice that is the unknown, knowing about God can be helpful. But knowing God can actually make us survive, can be transformational. And so how do we move our knowledge of God from our head to our heart? This is a question for you. How do you move your knowledge of God from your head to your heart? What are some ways that you acknowledge God in all your ways? What are some ways that you seek to know him? What are ways that you have found in your life? I have grown in a deeper understanding of God when I have done this. How do we move the word of God from information to transformation? What's it look like in your life? Yeah, Sharon. Yeah, so prayer and talking with God about what's going on in life, surrendering to his will is a piece of that, knowing him in your heart. Linda. Christ-centered community. Expand that for me a little bit. Oh, um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, just the whole makeup of the people around you. Yeah. Um,
1: they're supporting, they're
0: um, honest. Yeah. Yeah. Of what Christ is trying to teach. Sure. And they're not perfect people. Yeah. But they show me grace, they show me love, they encourage, they in fact sometimes they kind of redirect me. Yeah. Bring it in, Linda, bring it in. Yeah. So Christ centered community, uh, I'm gonna put some words in your mouth, reflects the character of God to you. And that, that is different than intellectual knowing. That becomes a relational knowing. Yeah. And it's not that the people we're with are perfect, um, but that God created us for community. And in Christ centered community, we see more of his heart. Yes. Yeah. Mel? Um, I keep track of where, when God really showed up. Yes. And then I can go back and say, He showed up here and he showed up here and he showed up here. Yep. Uh, can I ask you a specific question about that? Yeah. How do you keep track? Okay, so a journal with, a, with writing down where God has shown up as a remembrance that then when you're standing at the edge, you can go, but he showed up here and he showed up here and he showed up here so I can hold strong here. Right. Yeah, Linda, you had something. Healing. Healing. got it thank you so can I put some words in your mouth and expound that a little bit Linda says healing that as healing happens God can reach deeper in and so one of the ways I explain that is when we have emotional wounds we put up walls and those walls keep out the potential of hurt but they also keep out God and the potential of good and love and so as healing happens and the walls come down God has more access to us and he can get into our heart deeper is that fair okay yeah here Okay, tell me a little bit more about life experiences. So in my experience, if you don't learn the easy way, God tends to do the hard way. Okay. <laughs> so when you go into things and then God is showing you like if you're not trusting me in this, he's gonna send you through that, and then you come out of it trusting him more than you did before. Yeah, so your life experiences when when learned with an open heart can deepen that awareness of who he is because you see that he knows you. Right. Yeah. You had something too? Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. It's just a way to lean in when things get tough. If there's a verse in a song or if there's a scripture, you know, it's just something to dwell on, to like constantly put your focus
0: back on, you know, like whatever God's working through you. Yeah. So changing the environment, leaning specifically into worship and scripture. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I'm soul care right now. Okay. Okay.
1: hmm and yeah.
0: really good chapter. Yeah. No, I think I know what you're saying. So for those of you who couldn't hear, a high recommendation for a soul care group is the first thing, and that the chapter they were just reading was talking about this very thing that when we've been wounded, Satan comes at us with lies, and how do we come against those lies? And so just putting words in your mouth again, uh, one of the ways you mentioned scripture, when we know the promises of scripture, we can pray those promises of scripture, So when we stand on the precipice of the unknown, whether it's the unknown of emotional healing in our own life, of a circumstantial thing, you know, we didn't talk about today, but a lot of times job situations can be the the precipice of that unknown when, when you or someone who's supporting you, providing for you and your family doesn't have a job. And so how do you walk in truth at the edge of that precipice? And some of that is, it is the information that we have in our head, our knowledge of the scripture and our awareness of the truth's. When we will pray those truths and hold on to those and anchor those and say, no, I know this is the truth, that is part of the path of moving it from information to transformation. What else? Anything else on this? Yeah, both here. Loving people who are hard to love because when you practice living the way Jesus said, his truths sink deeper. Yeah, Heidi. A good cry. cry. Absolutely. I remember sitting in my therapist's office a couple years ago and kind of having the light dawn that one of my deals is that I don't cry very often. I do, but I i just feel like it's my job to stay strong and to do the right thing and to figure it out and stay pretty pragmatic about it and to put the image forward of being somebody who um, is capable and not super overly emotional and, you know, I can just I can keep an even keel, right? And I was sitting in her office and I said to her, I said, I think I might just have buckets and buckets of unshed tears that just need a place to come out. And sometimes they come out about something over here that isn't really what they're about. Um, oh, gracious, you guys. It happened when we were, so over spring break, my husband and I took our children uh, to the Middle East for a two-week trip. We went to Jordan for a week and we went to Israel for a week. And our last day in Israel, things really imploded. And uh, I ended up in the backseat of the car just crying. For probably 20 minutes. And finally, I was able to talk and said to the kids, Look, here's what I'm sad about, but here's what really just happened. It, it crossed my tipping point, and we all have that tipping point, that emotional tipping point. And when it crosses our tipping point, we all do different things. And I said, You know, we've seen this week that some of us withdraw, because when you're traveling with a family internationally, it's not all roses and, and pretty, you guys, it's just not. Um, some of us withdraw, some of us yell, some of us cry. I cry. <laughs> I crossed my tipping point and some of those buckets of unshed tears came out. And friends, it wasn't about the fact that we didn't find Mount Carmel. It was just past the tipping point and then there was no stopping it, right? Uh, I was disappointed that we didn't find Mount Carmel. I wanted to take my kids there. I'd been there before and, and wanted to take them there. Uh, so yeah, sorry, I total tangent. That was just a squirrel moment. We're back. Anything else, yeah. I would say like totally undivided attention. If it's like two minutes of really focused time with the word, whether it's like, you know, focusing on wonders or a phrase or a song, whether it's two minutes or whether it's ten minutes, yeah I'm all there and that's hard to do. Yeah totally focused attention on something of God, whether it's worship music, a verse. Um, I might even just say a prayer or his presence, but just everything else aside. And I am right here and it's just me and God, whatever he's pointing me to, whatever he's saying. Yeah. 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 So that initial intentional decision to say, God, would you move this from my head to my heart? I don't know how to do it. And this is true. All of these practices are good, but I would never want us to come out of this with us. So here's your to-do list. I hope that we lean into what's the heart? How does our heart stand on the edge of the precipice in a place of more peace than we've had before with, with that sense of trusting the Lord with what comes next? A couple other thoughts on this. An image that's in my head is the image of creek walking. So if you've ever done creek walking, you know that you've got water that's, you know, from six inches to a foot and a half deep and there's rocks on the bottom, right? So when you take a step, you put your foot on that rock, you put a little bit more weight on it, and you test it. Is this rock steady or is it not steady? You don't just go running through the creek. You put your foot out, you test it, is it steady? And if it is, and if it's solid, then you lift up your other leg and you do the same thing. You reach it out and you put it down and you test that rock and you see where you are. And I think that when we're standing at the edge of the unknown, one of the key things to remember is that really, it's just a question of what's one next step? What's one next step? How do we walk in the unknown? One step at a time. God will give us one step. He might not give us 10 steps. He might not show us what's out there three days from now, but we can always lean into him to know what is it right now. And that's one of the things that I would love to, to um, throw out here is a lot of times in the unknowns, we get caught up in the what ifs. Well, what if this happens? And what if this happens? And what if this doesn't happen? And the what ifs can perpetuate that anxiety and that fear. And so I would encourage us to turn our what ifs into two things. One is the what now. What's my one next step? I can get really off track with all the what ifs. I'm going to anchor into the what now. God, what's the one step that you're showing me right now? Is it, is it prayer? Is it just to get up and make breakfast? Is it to... Rear, you know, sometimes we need to create more margin in our lives. Sometimes we need some space. Do I need to look ahead at my calendar and go, when can I get away for a half day so that I can actually spend some focused time with Jesus, right? What now? And then the other thing is that we change our what if to a what then. Because some of us, let's be clear, cannot rein in the what if. And so what if with Jesus in God's presence, we allow that what if to go to a what then, okay? So What if I lose my job? Well, what then? I have a whole list of places where God has not let me down. I have a practice of remembrance. So what then? God is going to be present with me and he is the God who provides? Well, what if he doesn't provide and I run out of money? What then? Well, then God is going to be, we we follow our what thens down and we allow our what ifs and we give ourselves the permission to let our fears run out, and our fears, if we will ask what then, will always lead us to Jesus. So, change our what ifs to what now and what then. Know God. There's this this picture, and I, I had so many pictures in my head. So uh, I am not a huge Indiana Jones, I'm not a huge movie junkie, but there's this Indiana Jones movie where he's following this map through an ancient labyrinth of sorts and he's, he's gotten all the places and he's sure that he's in the right spot and he, he rushes out and it's, it, it's this door that's just to this precipice. How many of you saw that movie? right? So he's at this precipice, and the map shows that he's supposed to step out over this precipice, but there's no bridge, and there's no vine, and he's supposed to step out, and it's this, he's supposed to take a step of faith, right? And the, the movie builds this all up, and he eventually does. This, this precipice that is certain death, then he puts out his foot, and he steps down, and this invisible bridge catches him, because when you're Indiana Jones, that happens. Um, <laughs> And there's something that he did at the end of the bridge that caught my attention. Who remembers what he did? So he crossed this bridge and he gets to the other side. What did he do? He took the gravel and the sand and he threw it out on the path. Why? So that when he came back, he could see it. I would say to us, what's the gravel and the sand in your life that you can throw out over the chasm to see where the path is? Um, you know, we mentioned remembrance, having a journal of writing down where God has seen you in the, where he has seen you through in the past. That's gravel, that's sand. That's something that will mark the path for the ways to come. Because when we know God and we know his character, we can trust him in the unknown. We mentioned worship. Worship is one of those things where we can throw out a handful of sand and rocks that we say, God is God and he is exalted and he is above all of my circumstances. And that sand and gravel has a way of showing us where the path forward is. It might not be which decision you're supposed to make about whatever it is that is your unknown, but it is who do you anchor to in the midst of that decision-making process, right? As we wrap up, uh, one last question. And if if it's something that's already been said, just bring it back to our attention. If it's something that hasn't been said, bring it up. What are the, what's the sand and gravel that you throw out in your life that shows that invisible path, that shows you way forward in the midst of the unknown? Worship, journaling, what else? Yeah. Affirmations. 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 That's right. So that speaking truth to yourself every day, that's throwing sand on the path. Yep, so you can see a way forward. Yep, yep. What else? You were pointing? Ah, there you are. Yep. Standing on scripture, knowing the promises, and thanking him that those promises will hold true, even if you can't see yet how they will do it. That's throwing the sands of promises out on that path and going, this is, I know that this is true, no matter what direction this takes me, and no matter what's out there in the midst of the unknown. Um, Yeah. So if I can't do that alone, Mm -hmm. how? back to that community people around you who will encourage you and remind you of truth. Yep. Yeah. I remind myself, Lord, you did this mm-hmm. and then and save me. I trust you in this. Yeah. Yeah, so that remembrance of what he's done in the past giving us the faith to trust for the future. And I there's two kind of nuances here, you guys. There's the remembrance of what he's done, how he's met us in our circumstances, and that can give us faith for the future. But there's also the remembrance of who he is. And even if we haven't seen him act in this type of situation before, his character is rock solid as exposed in scripture, and we can know his character, and that character can give us faith, even if we don't have any experience to touch that back to. Any other ways that you throw sand on the path? Yeah. absolutely when we share our testimony or our stories with other it is a way of reminding ourselves of what god has done and when we hear others stories it's a way of hearing where god has been faithful and building up our arsenal of reminders of who he is and how he works and i love your point when we don't share our testimony with each other if i am struggling and hurting and i walk into this room i look around and what's my assumption my assumption is that everybody else is better than me. And they're doing better. They're probably better Christians. They probably have more faith and they probably are a better mom who didn't have their... Oh, I can't say that. This is going to be on recording. Okay. Talk to me afterwards if you want to hear that. Um, (laughs) And when we share our stories with each other... We bring it to that place of we realize, oh, God is working in all of us and I am not alone in this Um, and and it throws sand on that path. I wanna finish with Psalm 23. Again, it's a classic that many of us even memorized when we were younger, but I want us to listen to this verse in light of what we've been talking about. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. And again, I go back to the, version of my youth. I will not be afraid because you are with me. Your presence is with me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. The only way that God's presence can bring us the comfort that we need in the unknown is if we know him. I want to ask Jessica to come up. Uh, She's going to lead us in worship. But before she does, uh, we just wanted to talk a little bit because Jessica's actually in a season of life where there's a fairly big unknown. And it's pretty funny because I asked Jessica to lead worship for this two, three months ago, and she didn't know what would be happening. And we both kind of chuckled at God's irony of having us on together this weekend with this topic. So tell us a little bit about what's going on in your season.
1: Yeah, so I've been on staff here for four years. I'm in a job that I love as a college pastor, um, yet God is calling me out of that um, to further education. And so, um, yeah, on August 6th, I will be on a one-way ticket to move to go to school, and I will be moving to attend NIAC and go to school in New York City Which, yeah, that's a reaction a lot. It's like, wow, excitement, true. Um, Less exciting at times when I tap into the reality that I'm um, moving alone to a city where I know no one, I have no job, I have no home, and uh, just kind of trusting God in that. Very much so unknown.
0: Mm -hmm. Knowing that you've been called to go to school there and that's all you know. So what has that, what's risen up in you in the midst of that?
1: Uh, A lot of things. Uh, It's, it's, you guys have talked a lot about the bridging, the both and, the joy paired with the grief, the here and the there. Um, I'm so in that because honestly, it's been a deep season of grief over the last couple months. Um, Though the truth and knowledge of where I'm supposed to go and the excitement's there. um, It's been a a month of just really telling people I love, hey, God's calling me out. I don't want to leave right yet because I love it here, yet I know this is what I'm supposed to do. And so there's been a lot of grief in that unknown, yet there's been this deep peace and awareness of God's made it very clear. Like last night I was telling the group, you know how sometimes you ask God for a sign and you're like, oh, that's a little kind of sign. He's just smacked me with like billboards (laughs) of like, you are supposed to go. And this is why opening just scholarship opportunities and different things. So living in both and figuring out how to do that of man I want to say goodbye I want to grieve well um, because that's going to set up for a healthy hello and how do I do both at the same
0: time yeah so as you've been processing this and it is a big unknown and still is unknown what are you anchoring to
1: Yeah, um, I made this joke at my table. Um, One, uh, my counselor helps a lot. She throws the sand a lot of saying, hey, this is what God's already done. Like, this isn't a curveball. Hang on to the truths he's already done that are setting up to this. But um, as I've thought about this, uh, a lot of people in this world tend to like surprises. I am not one of them. I like to be (laughs) prepared. I like to know what's coming. Um, I like to anticipate a few bad surprises. just makes me somebody who doesn't like it. So this has been like, God, this was a surprise. I'm nervous. Different things. And what I keep getting anchored back into is this memory of my dad, Um, my earthly father, who uh, for a birthday, he just kind of out of nowhere gave me a gift that I didn't even know was exactly what I wanted. And um, it was just such a good surprise. That's like the one surprise I'm like, yeah, I'll take that one. Um, And what it came down to is I am so my father's daughter. We are very similar in personality. And it came down to he, he knew me. Um, he knew who I was. He knew what would speak to my heart. So as I've stepped into this season of like, God, I don't like surprises, don't like being unprepared. I'm a planner. So this whole no job, no, no home situation, not my fave. Um, but my, my father knows me. Um, he knows what's, what I'm stepping into. And so this idea of there can actually be some anticipation in that surprise um, because of who's doing it. Um, and so just holding on to God knows me, he knows my heart, he, he knows what's coming, and just um, remembering that, that a few years down the road, I'm going to look back and say, man, in the moment, I may have questioned the timing, I may have questioned what he was doing, and now what if I didn't take the jump? What if I didn't do it? This is all I would have missed out on. So really holding on to there's going to be a moment in a few years where hopefully
0: I'll come back and say, it happened. There was good before me. So yeah. Yeah. I believe that for you. Jess is going to lead us in worship. And here's how we're going to finish up today. We actually just have an extended time of worship to just sit with God with these truths, take some time internally to respond. And so I'm going to invite you to stand. So if you'd stand for worship, but I really want to express this as as much as I possibly can. If you do not like to stand for worship, I hope that you will sit down right now. (laughs) I hope that you can engage in worship. Kind of, we've been in the living room tonight, right? Today, this morning, we've just been talking as friends and as women. I want us to stay in the living room for worship. Some of you might want to go to the back. Some of you might want to sit where you are. Some of you might want to stand where you are, but get comfortable and worship as you like to worship. We've got Uh, There's no rush. We are on time. We've got about four songs, and we're just going to settle into worshiping God and practicing knowing him through worship and knowing his presence. So get comfortable and enjoy this gift of time to worship.